it is quick but it's more of a dreamy state it's we're connected in with the deeper with the deeper realms of life of of nature the more slower pulses you could say we're we're connected with the heartbeat or the womb pulse of mother earth the cosmos we're receptive, we're open to dreams, to ideas, to visions, but it, it's all very much in this void-like state. So it's that dark void, that fertile space where the seed germinates, but it is not a time where, where, where we can be mm, at work really quick at the top of our game be like oh yeah let's go uh, full action no this is a time where we need rest and space generally speaking hello everyone and welcome to the cyclical living podcast a podcast that will inspire and empower you to live your full cyclical soulful life i am your host dara Duth, and i am here to help you be your most embodied self I am a holistic health coach, body worker, herbalist, and priestess of the Avalon Rose lineage. I am here to assist women and men to come back to their natural pace, following the rhythms of their body and nature around them so that they can open up to their deepest layers rooted in pleasure and soul purpose. Enjoy this episode, my love. Hello dear ones, and I'm so overjoyed that you are dropping into this episode of the Cyclical Living Podcast. This is another solo episode with just me and all my spirit guides and yours. <laughs> if you are watching the YouTube video, you will see that this one is in a little bit of a different setting. Uh, my room is dark with little lights, candles. I've even put some smoke essence. I'm burning juniper at the moment. And the reason why the setting is a little darker, a little bit more mysterious is because in this episode, I will take you into the blood mysteries and how I experience them and all the blood mystery and depth that I've um, been given this lifetime and I'm sure that if I will record another or if I would record this episode in a year or two years that what I will say will be um, different than what I will say right now but still it is important to speak about the blood mysteries and to not wait to speak about the blood mysteries because there is still a big shadow hanging over it whenever we speak about menstruation. So yeah, maybe just to clarify the blood mysteries, what I mean with that is the knowledge, the depth, the rituals, the conscious way of living and walking with the menstrual cycle. And whenever we speak about menstruation in these days, it is still a taboo. It is still in the mainstream, especially seen as something disgusting, something to hide, 
we can speak about it but it will be met with a lot of discomfort and it will be tried to suppress pretty quickly whenever the topic comes up and if it comes up it's most often comes up in a negative way and so that's why it's important to speak about the blood mysteries right now because it is a deep and profound journey that any being who is menstruating can go on and it go we go on the deep mysteries inevitably but when we make it conscious it it can become our greatest tool for self-knowledge self-love self-awareness um, and even awareness of the other and love and understanding for the other if you are not menstruating or if you are menstruating but you have a daughter who just starts her bleed or you have an elder in your environment who's going over into her queen and crone years with the, mens uh, the menopause. Although this episode won't be so much about the menopause, it will be more about really the bleeding years and the blood mysteries. So, <laughs> let's dive in. My journey into the blood mysteries started when I was very young. Well, it didn't start consciously until I was older. Well, <laughs> still young, giving um, that I'm only 26 right now. Um, but you might wonder, what does this young lady of 26 going to tell me about these ancient blood mysteries? Who does she think she is? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you. No, um, all jokes aside, um, my journey is a quite deep descent. Um, so, yeah, it started when I was seven years old. My mother got diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And um, a year later, she died from that. And so as a little girl, in the way that I got to know all about the womb and the female reproductive system and even how babies are made, are being brought into life was through this disease, cancer, and through losing my mother to cancer. And so naturally that manifested a deep deep pain in me a deep fear of anything that had to do with the womb and um, the menstrual reproductive system and so when i was 14 i also didn't have a, a woman at home who would teach me about how to um, deal with my menstruation how what to do what not to do my father bless him he did help me um, but obviously his knowledge was limited and um, yeah so the, the way that I got to learn about menstruation because obviously I had questions was through teenage magazines but teenage magazines are <laughs> in my opinion, like poison. won't say all of them, but the ones I read when I was a teenager really were poison for the mind. They infused me with ideas that menstruation is something dirty, that I should try and switch to tampons as fast as possible, even though I was still young, just try it, it might work. 
you know, it's better this way, it's cleaner, um, you can hide it better, don't um, make, sure, make sure that nobody notices, put some extra odor on you so that you're very clean, I'm, I'm making quote unquote clean here. So these messages were infused in me and I know I'm not alone because even women that don't get their knowledge from the teenage magazine, these are still the mainstream storylines that prevail when it comes to menstruation and how to deal with your body while you're menstruating. Um, but yeah, I got them mainly through um, teenage magazines and all that. And so when I was 17 and 18, uh, there was a woman who came on my path and this woman she was um, very spiritual um, she journeyed uh, with many shamans she walked the path of the uh, the shamanistic path and so in the shamanistic path the way that we look at our body is completely different than in the mainstream Western way of looking at the body and so she lifted the veil a little bit for me of looking differently at the body and then somebody else invited me into a week where it was dedicated to awakening the wild woman within and in that week I was inspired and I took the I made the choice to quit the pill I was 18 at that no I was 19 at that time no no yeah, 18, 19, something like that. <laughs> and I chose to quit the pill to invite back my natural hormones and to really become conscious of my body and of my menstrual cycle. And then fast forward two more years, three more years, another lady came on my path. And this lady, she is deep in the blood mysteries. She is this wise woman, this grandmother energy, although at that time she wasn't really, she was still in her queen years, but she really knew about these ancient blood mysteries and taught me. And at that point, 23 or something, I started living with my menstrual cycle as my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> my menstrual cycle became the big red thread in my life, quite literally. It became the point of wisdom, the point of reference, the point of um, knowing what was happening in my life, in my body, in my psyche, where I was in disbalance, where I was in balance. And now I'm 26 and, you know, every day I'm very much immersed in these menstrual um, blood mysteries and I just can't get enough. And right now I'm stepping it up and I'm becoming the teacher and teaching sisters. And although a part of me will always be the endless uh, student, I do have developed a lot of wisdom already that I'm ready to share and so this podcast episode right now is one of the many ways that I can share the blood mysteries and, and, and keep this lineage alive and breathe in new life in this lineage. So that was a little bit of my story. And now I want to zoom out again and talking about the menstrual 
cycle and what it can mean for you if you're menstruating or this can also be very helpful if you are not menstruating but you want to assist in a person who is uh, menstruating to get that knowledge and understanding so the biggest thing I feel to start with when we're talking about the menstrual cycle and the blood mysteries is to really take away all these layers all these shadows that have been gathered <clears throat> excuse me over there for millennia so if we look in our history or her story <laughs> we can see that the menstruation was revered for a much longer time then it was demonized tracing back as far as the neolithic era we see we have evidence of menstruation being revered we have evidence of the goddess the statues being painted in red ochre um, bodies that were um, found in graves were painted with red ochre and so this symbolizes the red blood that um, infuses people with life but then also when we die just takes it back and so the ancients were really aware of that rhythm of life death and rebirth which the menstrual cycle is a manifestation of and more about that later but then with patriarchal society becoming stronger and stronger and now I'm like skipping a whole bunch of history which is super interesting and I could talk about for hours um, but you know for time's sake let's fast forward a little bit in the patriarchal when patriarchal society really started to grow and and become um, fully established these mysteries were demonized bit by bit so obviously this didn't go like once and it was done it was bit by bit and um, the reason why these aspects were demonized I believe is because everything that had to do with darkness with death was demonized so the body all that in patriarchal religion and especially in the christian christianity catholicism all that we can see that very clearly that everything of the heavens the white heavens life was revered mother mary who became pregnant without having sex so nothing to do with the bodily function but just life that was revered and it was revered and put in on an elevated state and everything that had to do with the body with sexuality mary magdalene all of these especially menstruation all that was demonized the women were bit by bit demonized demonized even to the extent that there was a rule that menstruating women could not enter church had to stay at home um, or after giving birth that the woman 
first needed to receive this kind of ritual where the pastor would cleanse her before she was allowed to enter church because the giving of the birth was such a disgusting thing that she needed to be cleansed first before she could enter in the sacred grounds of the church again. And then with the menstruation, that also, like I said, it was demonized. It was seen as even the curse of Eve for the disobedience when she did eat from the tree of knowledge, when she did take that delicious apple and she took a bite out of that and tempted her husband, Adam, into eating as well. God punished her is what the story said. And one of the punishments was that she would um, forevermore have painful birth, but also you can read into that, that she would also bleed every month and it would be painful and it would be a curse. And for a very long time, menstruation was also nicknamed the curse of Eve. And maybe today, if you're not religious, you're like, mm, I don't really care about Eve. I don't really care about Mary or whatever, that Christianity. I'm not Christian. My parents weren't either, or they, we stepped away of that. But still, it's important, I feel, to remember these storylines and to really become conscious of these shadows that were manifested there, that um, these bodily functions were demonized and seen as less worthy, as mm, disgusting even. Because these ideas are still at the root of how we look at menstruation today. Today, menstruation is still seen as something disgusting, something to hide. Even They won't go as far as to say that women are cursed. Um, although a lot of women will see their own menstrual cycle as a curse or actually just menstruation. And in the science, so the, 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 the modern science, it was very late until the menstruation or the menstrual cycle was put into um, full um, research. It was only in the 1930s that scientists started to study the menstrual cycle and until the 1950s, so it took until the 1950s until humanity scientifically had the proof and the research done about how the menstrual cycle works. And that was still done very much with the idea of only it being in function of reproduction. And still today, menstruation is seen as just a part of a reproduction, reproductive cycle. And although that reproduction is definitely a part of menstruation, it's not all of it. It's a lot broader. And luckily, in the now, um, more and more studies are being done, more and more people are doing really interesting studies, not just on the bodily functions of, um, or, or what happens in the body uh, during menstruation, because that's pretty clear now, but also on the psyche, also on the effect of women when, for example, they take rest during their menstrual cycle or not. And um, all these things is like resurfacing so the full spe spectrum of what the menstrual cycle actually means for us is now being put into um into into the the con uh, the, the mainstream consciousness again but this is slow it's slow it's slow going 
and these podcasts like the one I'm speaking into now are very important to just expand and grow and make that um, full knowledge of the menstrual cycle out again because when we know what it is, when we know where to look out, when we know what shadows to transmute, it can transform from a curse or something that is um, unpleasant at the very least into a tool for love, for self-knowledge, for self-awareness, for self-compassion, right? But to make that switch from this sucks, I'm bleeding and I don't like it and I'm in pain into oh, I'm bleeding and it's a super beautiful time of the month and I can honor myself and I understand that I need this and I can give it to myself. Yeah, to bridge that, we really need to become aware of these ancient mysteries and see them as such, see them as a valuable part of life. And so a more holistic way of looking at the menstrual cycle is seeing it as this rhythm of life, death, and rebirth. So it is kind of like a cycle, but it's also a spiral because it continues. It's not closed off, it's a spiral. And this life, death, and rebirth how does that take place? It takes place in, in very physically that every moon, every, every month, the womb and the menstrual cycle goes through a period of ovulation where new life is possible and then the shedding with the menstruation and then the rebirth is just starting all over again. And so this process, this life, death, rebirth cycle is at the root of the menstrual cycle. And a very ancient way of looking at this is dividing it into two pulses. Kind of like the two pulses of life, the heartbeat, right? The heartbeat of the menstrual cycle. So in the, these two pulses have been given two colors, or you can say pulses or streams. And you have a red one and a white one. And the red one is the bleeding time. That is the time of letting go, of shedding, of death, of release. The energy is down below in the grounds or deep in the womb, in the body. A lot of blood is, trans is, is transported to the womb at this time in a woman's body. So the energy is really down, downwards. And she's releasing, she's letting go. And then you have the white stream. And the white stream is about life. Rejuvenation, it's about growth, it's ovulation, it's fertility, it's receptivity because she's receptive to, um, quite literally, to the seed of the man, but also to ideas, to social encounters. Woman is very receptive at that period of time. And then that white cycle goes into the red one again, and so you have that 
beautiful spiral going on going on and going on and then that stream that pulse that white and red pulse can be divided into two more phases each so they these are four phases the four phases of the menstrual cycle that are correlating to the four phases of the seasons and the four phases of the moon because that's the beauty of this beautiful beautiful universe is that everything mirrors each other it's like microcosm microcosm as within so it out as above so below and these four phases of the menstrual cycle that are named after what that we call after the seasons we call them inner winter inner spring inner summer and inner autumn and the inner winter correlates to the dark moon phase and that is the time of bleeding that's the red stream it's a time of bleeding it's a time of release it's a time where we need a lot of rest a really fascinating um, research that has been done in Holland where they've researched women menstruating to get to know how they are experiencing their menstruation and their menstrual cycle and a very beautiful consensus that came out of that research was that almost all of the women the majority the vast majority of these women when they were asked what do you desire during your menstrual time all almost all of them said rest and space so this time that is when our energies are naturally inward also our mental capacity is not as agile it's not that fast it's not so quick it is quick but it's more of a dreamy state it's we're connected in with the deeper with the deeper realms of life of of nature the more slower pulses you could say we're we're connected with the heartbeat or the womb pulse of mother earth the cosmos we're receptive we're open to dreams to ideas to visions but it it's all very much in this void like state so it's that dark void that fertile space where the seed germinates but it is not a time where where, where we can be um, at work really quick at the top of our game be like oh yeah let's go uh, full action no this is a time where we need rest and space generally speaking of course always feel into your body and what you need but this is not a time to take a painkiller when your body is telling you out this hurts i need to rest it's not a time to take a painkiller so that you can still continue to do the work that society expects us to do i always envision what if all women from today on would decide not to take painkillers pain anymore and by the way men as well 
not to take painkillers anymore to keep going not to drink that cup of coffee or drink that soda sugary soda to fuel us into more action when our body is asking for rest and just be like no i don't have the energy i need to rest right now what if everyone would start doing that i think a lot of issues would be solved like that i i, I honestly think it's that easy course i mean reality we tend to overcomplicate things but but it's interesting to ponder on and don't take my word for it think about it for yourself and even more so i would invite you if you're tired try and take rest even if it's a little bit even if it's a little bit just you know turn down the music when you're driving your car just make some room for silence take a walk in nature and just ground so yeah, that's the first one, the first phase, inner winter. The second phase is known as the inner summer, uh, inner spring, and that is the phase of, um, or or um, the, what we call it the the follicular phase, where um, an egg, the eggs, well, ten around ten eggs are ripening in the ovaries one or the other if you still have them if you don't have them this is all energetically still taking place so the eggs are ripening new energy is bubbling up um, all these all these beautiful ideas that you've collected from down deep in the roots and up above in the cosmos now can start to come out and play in this childlike wonder where everything is still possible it's a very good time to make action plans it's a very good time to start seeing where you can start moving again going out meeting people again um, it's that maiden wild energy um, right running out in nature and bare feet and just giggling and having lots of new um new energy for life new um yeah just rejuvenated and um yeah that's the inner spring that's the second phase the third phase is the inner summer and that is known as the ovulation phase would correlate with the full moon um, but this inner summer phase, the ovulation phase, that's the time period where the body is in full fertility. Again, energetically, just as much as physically, if physically there is no ovulation anymore. The body is in full fertility. It's receptive. The womb is literally in a position where she is more receptive to seed that would enter and so this in our whole being uh, translates into us being receptive mentally emotionally physically we kind of want to touch it's a time where sexually we were very awake uh, awakened although you know sexuality is in all it, it, it translates to all stages obviously but this is also a time where our hormones are kind of like saying mm -mm, let's get juicy let's get playing because i want to make a baby and even if you don't want to make a baby i want to infuse this creative um, project that I have with more life force and juice and mm, 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 right so that is that expansive time of connection and summer right mm, light energies warm 
yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful moments as well. Life, just life, full life. And then we go over into the fourth phase, and the fourth phase is the inner autumn. And the inner autumn is the time where, just as in autumn, the leaves start to lose their, the, the trees start to lose their leaves and start to shed, and, and the, the sap and the juice and the energy goes from the branches into the roots again. The same in our bodies. That is the premenstrual phase not to be confused with PMS because PMS means premenstrual syndrome and premenstrual syndrome although it happens in a lot of women is not the same as a premenstrual phase premenstrual phase is a natural body thing that's what our bodies do it's the time where when the egg is not fertilized progesterone a kind of hormone still is high enough because if the egg would be fertilized that hormone is key to keep it and to um, keep the pregnancy there. But if the egg is not fertilized, then the progesterone at the end also starts to descend and all our hormones kind of go down and go low and we, we start to retreat back into the womb cave, back into the inner winter. And and this autumn phase, it's, it's a time where we kind of really, from being outwards, we go back inwards. And so our energy in the beginning might still be very high, but at the end we're kind of like drawing back, drawing back, drawing back. And this is a time where we're very good at making discernments of what is in uh, benefit for us, what is still in alignment and what is not. And that is why so many women experience premenstrual cycle or one of the reasons why so many women experiences premenstrual syndromes, PMS because we are fundamentally living in a society where rest is not honored at least in a western society i cannot speak for many others but although i have visited arab societies and i don't see rest there being very honored as well um so anyway but can't really speak to that but in the western society at least um, rest is not honored time death still it's not honored it's all about life it's all about progress it's all about linearity to the top of the mountain always action always be there always be present stay at work just as much do just as much work as you would any other day of the month linearity that's what we need we don't need you going up and down we want you at your highest peak performance at all times so naturally our bodies start to scream, right? Naturally we get headaches if our head is too full and we cannot get a relief. Naturally our womb is a very receptive, very wise organ. All our organs are, but our womb is such a wise organ. Naturally she's going to cramp and say like, hey, calm down i need rest i don't want to go to work and be super active i just need some time for myself or in my relationship i don't want to keep on giving my energy i want to receive and fill in the blank right in however ways that you feel it so the time when you are experiencing premenstrual syndrome it is very interesting to start seeing where are you not honoring your own boundaries because this is the territory of the priestess of the witch of the enchantress 
And she is very, she sees right through bullshit. So this is a beautiful time to look at where you're bullshitting yourself and others, where you're not clear on your boundaries, where you are over giving, or maybe you're taking too much, right? And she will come up in guilt. Although that's a whole other topic because there's also a lot of unnecessary guilt um, <laughs> in the female psyche. <laughs> but right, anyway, I'm not going to go into that rabbit hole right now. Um, but yeah, so in essence, it's a really good time to do some journaling, especially on boundaries. Um, and especially if you have pain, ask yourself, drop into your body. Maybe a quick exercise that I could give you right now is to just sit back, take a deep breath to your belly. Oh. And descend with your inner eye to your womb space. And become aware what is happening without judgment? And if you're having difficulty to find awareness of your womb or womb space, that's okay. Just know that every time when you do this exercise, you're strengthening this connection and it will become easier and easier and easier to connect. And you are opening the communication between your mind and your womb space. And so ask her now, ask your womb space now, what does she desire? What does she truly long for? And how can you give it to her? How can you lean into this desire?
Now offer, we're going to offer our gratitude to our womb space for sharing. And even if she didn't share much right now, just know that this channel, sometimes it takes time. It's like developing a friendship. You cannot ask somebody to offer their deepest secrets on the first meeting. Give it some time. Just know that this connection will be the base or can be the, a base of a profound journey of self-love, self-knowledge and self-awareness. When you're ready, you can open your eyes again. <laughs> mm. I feel this is a beautiful moment to close this episode. If you want to dive deeper into the blood mysteries with me, I am currently working on a course where we're going to dive deep into these mysteries where there's going to be shared about a practical tools, a lot of self-care, luscious self-care, mm, 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 so delicious, so yummy. So, mm, and, and, and the kind of self-care that you don't need a lot of tools for. You can go as extravagant as and as easy as you want. There's going to be herbal care um, and, and more, more diving deeper into ancient myths and legends about these blood mysteries and awakening them and meeting and sitting in council with the 13 grandmothers and mm, 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 just beautiful. So it depends on when you're listening to this episode if the course is still in the make or if it's already out and about so yeah just check it out um, and there's also I also offer some on, online um, woman circles where we really get together and we, we dive deeper into these blood mysteries together as well amongst other um, beautiful offers but the blood mysteries definitely follow they're just the red thread of my life and so obviously in all my naturally in all my offers it's kind of like a red thread it always resurfaces <laughs> so um, these women's circles are live already so you can check them out as well all right thank you so much for joining um, yeah I hope I hope this this has been of service to you and I hope this is of service to the earth to remembering the sacredness of rest of death of the darkness of the void of shedding the fear of the unknown and releasing and opening up to the beauty and the fertility and the support and the love the love that is just present in it all because love is wisdom, and wisdom is love, so what it be, plus it be, plus it be. Mwah. Hi, my dear. This concludes the end of this episode. How was it for you? I hope it has brought you inspiration and activation for your body and soul. And if you feel this episode is something a friend or a loved one should hear, do pass it along. 
This is deeply loved and felt by me. So thank you, thank you, thank you, baby. <laughs> if you feel the pull to work deeper with me, come and say hi through Instagram, or you can find me at Dusera. That is D-O-U-S dot S-A-R-A-H. Or check out my offers on my website, dusbardus.com. That is D-O-U-S-P-A-R-D-O-U-S dot com. And for now, I wish you so, so much cyclical bliss. Deep love, Sarah.